Welcome everyone, you were listening to and perhaps watching Hotsa Sports, a show that is going to be rebranded in just a moment, but we'll get to that in a second. Joining me, for those who would have seen the Skype call, uh, which is only myself and uh, Eagle, you would have seen the man pouring hot sauce all over himself, uh, imaginary hot sauce of course, uh, but less imaginary is the far real Terry Tam. How are you? I'm doing man. All right, I guess. All right, all things considered. Isn't it great that we live in Canada where people just don't rush the parliament and say, hey, man. Well, actually, that happened a few years ago. A guy went and started shooting everybody, no? Yeah, it made me uh, It made me for a second um, take a look at what my Italian citizenship buys me and consider whether or not I can just go and make pasta in the countryside um, for a living and just live a quiet life. Uh, but, uh, you know, we decided, you know what, Canada, Canada seems to be safe-ish, even though the weather is garbage. Um, besides you wouldn't make it through uh, military training anyways. You got two years of that when you go back. I don't think they want me. There's no way I'm passing a physical for that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the the voice you heard, of course, is our producer, the Eagle Master Control. We are, uh, trying a whole bunch of new things today. Um, and I wanted just to, to take a moment. Um, out of our normal scheduled uh, podcast to talk directly to our listeners and viewers because um, we're gonna we're, we're pretty open we're pretty transparent we're we're people who respond to stuff that you write on social media we respond to messages we uh, try and be as open and forthright as possible and we do that on the show as well um, we've been going through a sort of a strange time having to do this show over. Um, over the internet rather than being in the studio. It's been, it's been a little strange. We've adapted. Uh, at first, the show wasn't itself. We're trying something new. We're trying to bring back a lot of the video clips and stuff that we've done in the past because the past few shows, we've spent a lot of time describing videos that happened on the internet. But you know what hap- You know what does a better job of that, Terry? The video itself. Yeah, just playing the video sometimes works. Sometimes. I mean, it's not 100% foolproof, but... Yeah, it, it works sometimes. I think the I think our, our our fans will appreciate the fact that we are playing the the content that they are uh, listening to. Absolutely, and Eagle, um, honestly, all the credit goes to him because uh, again, none of this stuff's easy. We're, we're not we're in a weird position where we're growing to the point where there's expectations of us, but we don't yet have the money to meet the expectations of us. Well, so, granted, we did, and then we got shut down by our government, and then it's yeah. me by myself and you guys in your bedrooms. So that doesn't well, help. Well, to credit to credit Eagle, no, because it's like we're like 30 episodes in, and he still didn't figure it out. He just figured it out this episode. That's a good point. Maybe, maybe if yeah. Eagle was smarter. I had a Christmas epiphany. That's what happened. <laughs> I sat down, and I said, oh, you know what? I think I can do this, and then we tried it, and it worked. So. You know what, Eagle? Suck my epiphany. Right. Isn't, Janu- isn't January 6th the, uh, the day of the epiphany for the Italians, Eagle? Yep, that is exactly there right. There it go. is also Greek Orthodox uh, Christmas, the uh, actual Christmas for the uh, Old Testament. There we go. So happy epiphany to Eagle and happy uh, Orthodox to Terry. And let's um, not forget it's now Insurrection Day. <laughs> it's true. Insurrection it Day for insurrection day. Um, Which we'll get to in a second. But before that, I, again, I, I want to close out all the housekeeping stuff first because... The weirdest thing in the world is to, you know, talk real life politics and be like, subscribe now. So we will ask for your subscriptions in a moment. We're going to tell you what you're subscribing to. The name of the show is changing because 
I didn't know when we started this, we'd be starting the Hot Sauce Sports Podcast Network. Yeah. Uh, which it is becoming in the year 2021. Um, we have our show, which is going to be rebranded. It's called Not Sauce for Work. It was an idea. Not Sauce for Work was an idea we we had put together that never got off the ground as like a alternative podcast to our own podcast. What it was, what Not Sauce for idea. Work was back in the day was me and Duke just getting blazed and talking shit for half an hour while Eagle tried to keep us in check exactly. once a month. And we did it exactly. three times, I think, and that was it. Well, because then, you know, this started taking so much more work than we all bargained for. <laughs> so, um, so there's there's that. So our show will no longer be known as Hot Sauce Sports. We are part of Hot Sauce Sports Network, obviously. We are not Sauce for Work. Uh, we all, we still have the weekly sauce. Um, that's the boys. Um, that uh, it's you and it's Terry and Alex the intern. Yes. Um, we have a new show uh, coming up with the boys from Healthy Scratch. They're a hockey blog. We've partnered with them. Uh, they're going to be adding a lot of hockey content. They already have some great articles up. They've done. Uh, a breakdown of the Canadian division um, as, as well as uh, we have articles from our friend David Bruno who writes for Other Side of the Pond. Uh, he does some soccer-related content for us. So he also, he also reached out to me today and he said that him and a, um, a soccer journalist, I think journalist of his, of like a friend of his wants to, they want to do a podcast as well. So that potentially we might be bringing out a soccer podcast also. So. That'd be great. So, we, so we, we're, we're going to be up to, to three shows uh, basically immediately. Fourth, ideally, with the soccer show. Uh, I have a meeting for the uh, a uh, video game podcast that we have coming up as well. Um, we also have the trivia show, which we have episode two right after this. That's true. That's true. We're going to be uh, doing a – is it more football-based this time around, Terry? Tonight is going to be MMA. So I did the NHL okay. one with uh, some of the guys and two fans that won our uh, that finished the sec of uh, third and fourth place in our uh, hockey in our hockey pool. Mm -hmm. uh, so they did the hockey one versus Alex and John. It was it's on YouTube right now if you want to go watch. Um, and tonight I'm doing an MMA one with uh, three different podcasters. So we got uh, Adam Kaplan of Unanimous Decision. Uh, he runs an MMA podcast, and we also have uh, Drew Michaels um, from Drew Spirians Pod. Uh, MMA as well, and we also have Emilio Greco. He's coming on. It's going to be nice. and, and and so the, uh, so it's going to be Drew and um, Emilio versus Adam Kaplan and Stefan Polenk. Stefan, who also has his own show, Le Savage Show. So it's going to be two versus two, and I am the trivia master tonight. And let's not forget our usual shenanigans of random stuff that we do every time to time. Yeah, like for yeah, example, we we had our uh, we had our uh, uh, NHL fantasy draft. Uh, live on facebook that was fun um the um what's cool about the what's cool about the tributary and, and i like that we did it with fans um because i like the idea that fans beat us and then like if they talk shit be like obviously we're fucking idiots like obviously you beat us this shouldn't be a surprise uh so yeah lots of great stuff uh remember to uh watch like and subscribe to everything we do uh again some of the articles out this week john eman wrote uh, a, a piece on Cole Caulfield winning gold for USA, uh, Montreal Canadiens prospect who won the gold for his country. Uh, David Bruno wrote an article about what's going on in MLS. Um, and the Healthy Scratch Boys, again, giving you a breakdown of the Canadian division. Um, so do watch and look at, keep an eye out for our Patreon. We're, we're trying to get some um, sort of additional content for people who support us in a more direct fashion. 
Uh, those of you who will want to donate to our Patreon, we're looking forward to uh, getting you direct uh, limited content. Uh, so look out for that. Uh, we're still discussing what we're going to do exactly. We also have, and you guys, I forgot to mention this in the pre-show meeting, we have a giveaway for Valentine's Day. So that's going to be exciting as well. I don't know. I, uh, yeah, I know. It's, it's one of the things I was supposed to mention in the pre-show meeting where I was like, ah, there was something else I can't remember. <laughs> but we'll talk about that in the post-show meeting uh, for now, however. Um, look, we are a show where we joke around about a bunch of stuff. We also like to talk about some serious stuff now and again. Uh, but we promise we'll do, we'll do this all up front. We'll do the fun stuff. Uh, at the beginning of the show, and the, sorry, the, the the serious stuff at the beginning of the show, and then we'll get to our normal jokes and such. It just feels disingenuous to disregard uh, real life news that's happening in the real world uh, while we make fun of other news. So before we get that, into all the jokes, we will address obviously uh, the events that happened on Capitol Hill yesterday, January sixth, uh, two thousand and twenty-one. You want me to address it? Anybody. <laughs> I okay, because I the way you said it was like, I need some water, what do I do? The way, the way you said it was as if we were going to a segment. I was like, was there another thing I don't know about? I was going to say, I was not prepared either. I was like, I don't have anything <laughs> ready here. What do you expect? Uh, we, were, we were prepping the show. Eagle actually had us take a minute uh, and pause while he got caught up on what was happening, like live breaking as we were preparing the show. So Eagle... You were mentioning that President Trump has now uh, conceded the election. Correct. He has officially conceded the election. He's all in favor of uh, the transfer of power, the transition of power to President-elect Biden and VP Harris after the Electoral College has been certified as of yesterday. He also took the opportunity to condemn the violence uh, of the rioters, protesters, however you want to call them, um, that stormed the Capitol building and also applauded the security that took uh, basically control back from those said rioters. So... I'm gonna I'm gonna put a little bit of a spin on this in terms of opinion. Finally, with acting presidential, it only took an uh, angry mob to make it happen. It's funny that you say uh, finally, uh, finally acted presidential. I had a conversation with one of our hockey guys from Healthy Scratch, actually, uh, Christian Johnson Galvez, um, and he he said, you know, I've never seen a president who campaigned the entire time he was president, and I was like. I started thinking about it. I said, that's a, that's a good point. I've been feeling like the 2020 election was coming since 2016. It's true. He was talking about four more years for that, at least the last two years. Yeah. And, and, and before that, he was convincing everybody why he won the election. And it's just it, – it's just it was nonstop. And I think it, the, the, the last four years went by so fast because of Trump and I, and I want to shoot him in the face because the last four years, I turned 30. Wait, wait. Just to be clear – not condoning more violence, Terry. Terry's shooting him metaphysically. Yeah, metaphysically, yeah. Right, I mean, I literally would want to. I mean, the phys- figuratively, allegedly. Mm, allegedly is a good one. Yeah. But anyway, so I mean, I think is how much does it hurt this guy to have to say I lost? You know what I mean? Like, and publicly. That's the part that's making me laugh. He actually that. didn't say those words, but that's – anyway, let's not go there. It's what he's saying. I mean, he got kicked off of Twitter. He got kicked off of Instagram. I mean, I don't I don't agree with that. I think that if you choose to believe what he says, that's you're a fucking idiot. 
but I don't think that he should be taking away his right. But it's also a private no, company, so private, they have the right company. to do it. Like, like, if you go into Starbucks and start screaming in the corner, I, they can ask you to leave, right? I, so why is a social media company different? Like, they're not a news agency. People because they're hypocritical. Like they're hypocritical. It's not news. I love Twitter. Twitter is my favorite one, but and my favorite social media platform. But I, I, they're very hypocritical. The fact that they can keep other people on that talk much more hate speech than he does. And well, that's the, the thing is definitely. Look, I, I don't think. Uh, I think hate speech is dangerous, and I, and I do think that um, we're in a particularly susceptible time. Um, where the access to information is such that it's great because you can get any information you want, but also people with malicious intent can get all sorts of misinformation out there as well. By the way, and, don't forget to follow Hot Sauce Sports on Twitter. We have yes, news on Twitter posts. where we will spread all sorts of misinformation, but about sports and about serious things. Um, have you guys, and this is related, believe it or not, believe it or not, this is related in two facets uh, to what happened on Capitol Hill yesterday. Have you guys seen, and I, I, I'm going to pose this first to Eagle because I think it's more up Eagle's alley and I'm going to then recommend it to Terry. Um, Nicolas Cage has a special on Netflix called The History of Swear Words. I oh, have not Nicolas seen Cage? it yet, but I've heard of this and I want to watch it. Yes. Yes. I, I saw one clip of it. It was uh, it was the bum part, like the the, the I think it was asshole. I think that's Honestly, you, took, you took this moment to not swear. It, it was <laughs> asshole. But no, but they talk about it as if it's the word bum and how where it came from and I saw yeah. one little short clip, but I want to watch it. Yeah, it looks good. It looks good. It, it's good, and 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 uh, so it's actually hosted by Nicolas Cage. Um, and when I saw the attack, who was caught stealing uh, the uh, Declaration of Independence in the riots? By the way, did not you sure see that? that? That was crazy. Like Nicolas Cage broke in and he stole the Declaration of Independence. I was just going to say, I'm less impressed by those movies now because it seems like getting in there wasn't as hard as he made it seem. It seemed like you just had to guy have a guy that you wanted to win president the presidency just to walk in the Capitol building. Yeah, and then you get yeah. another guy dressed like a Viking, and uh, you're good to go. Um, and then there was there was an, a separate point that he made actually in the breakdown of a specific swear word. Um, he was talking about the, the the origins of the word bitch, and you know the thing is it's a it's a it's a tough one because its its roots are have always been demeaning to women and even when you when you apply it to a man and this is what they're saying in, in that part of the documentary is like when when you when you call a man a bitch. Um, you're actually you're, you're defaming two people. You're making fun of that man, but you're also making fun of him by saying he displays woman-like qualities, right? Stop being a bitch, like stop being a pussy. Exactly. So I say we take it back. We take the word back and we use it for someone who just sucks at taking an L, someone who just made a public ass of themselves because you're just a little bitch. You just can't <laughs> stop crying because you're a bitch. You're not a woman. You're, you're so much weaker than any human. You're so it's official. So it's official. The, I'm going to tweet it out now. Yeah. The word "bitch." The definition of the word "bitch" is uh, he who he or she who does not take losses well. Exactly. exactly. Okay. There we go. That's it. That's the new age definition. And uh, we need. It's not about you know people getting offended. It's about offending the right people, Terry. We mm-hmm. need to offend guys who are just assholes, and that's what we're about here. That's what we are at Not Sauce for Work. Uh, I was going to say, we picked a really good time to change our name. That was very on topic. There we go. There we go. See, full circle. Um, so I think, I think, Eagle, we're getting there. It's about that time. We've discussed the serious news, but now it's time for the news.
Ah, Terry, it's the news. Because we weren't just discussing news. Doesn't the, news. the word bitch, like, didn't it actually, didn't it used to mean a female dog? Yeah, so originally it was meant to be a female dog. And in about the 1400s, which I learned from watching Nicolas Cage, always teaching, um, he, Nicolas Cage <laughs> taught teaching. me that in the 1400s, it was, it was then used to sort of demean women to the level of dog, right? So that ah, was the idea. Okay, so it's more the demeaning of women to the level of dog, not necessarily... It's not. It's not like calling uh, a f- like a a, f- a fawn, exactly. a female deer, right? Well, I mean, yes, originally it was, but then, like, let's say, let's say, deers were less than human, which I guess they are, um, because you're allowed to hunt for them. They're um, also delicious, and humans are not delicious. I do not speak. You don't know that. Humans. I mean, I may. Yeah. Um, which we hope not. We hope not. Uh, but yeah, so so um, in that case, there um, that 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 that's why uh, that's what the word meant and why it came from there. But we've spent a lot of time on that. Well, let, again, I recommend you watch it because it is Cage doing the ABC. Man, he's always being Cage. That's all <laughs> it takes. Always being Cage. Um, Terry, um, no. I want to know what. I want to know what you took from this being a Mets fan, as I am. Uh, Mets acquire Francisco Lindor. Uh, the cash-trapped Indians sent Lindor and Carrasco to the Mets for infielders. Andres Jimenez, Ahmed Rosario, right-hander Josh Wolf, and outfielder Isaiah Green. I like the trade because the Mets are in a, um, in a, in a situation now where they have the roster to do well. Um, did you say Jeff McNeil? No. Oh, okay. I was going to say, that was a big piece to lose. But Francisco no, I said Lindor. Isaiah Green. Okay, Isaiah Green, Josh Wolf. Josh Wolf is a great prospect. And yeah. I'm happy about the trade because Mets always have good prospects to give up for bigger names, always. And mm-hmm. uh, they draft extremely well. Do they even have an ownership now? I don't even know if the Coen brothers own it. or uh, It's a whole um, fucking shit was, show. A-Rod was supposed to buy them. No, A-Rod didn't get the bid. So the uh, Wilpons are still the owners? I know. It's a transition period, but I believe it's going to the to the Coens. To the Coens, okay. So... I like it, man. And for the Mets, as, as I'm, like you said, as a former, as a fellow Mets fan, I'm a, I, I like Lindor. I think Lindor is one of the best players in the league, and the fact that he can come on this team is even is even greater. And uh, giving up some talent, uh, hemorrhaging, uh, mortgaging your your future for today is exactly what baseball is all about. And I'm happy they did it. I'm pumped. Yeah, I uh, I liked it. Um, the the fir- couple things crossed my mind. First of all, I liked Ahmed Rosario. I just I thought he was a fun young player to watch and. I thought um, he could have been something interesting, but you know what? You know what Francisco Lindor is, right? Like the idea of um, trading prospects and getting value is that you're trading the possibility that someone could be something for someone that you know is something. But wow, then it reminded me of those were words that you just said. Mets have done this in the past. Doesn't this mean that Francisco Lindor will just suck now because now he's a Met? <laughs> Officially, uh, Francisco Lindor is a bad baseball player as of today. Yeah, as of today. As a Sorry for Francisco Lindor. I've always liked you, uh, but now you suck, and it's not your fault. It's just you joined the Mets. It is what it is. It's like going to the Knicks. Like Melo was awesome until he wasn't, and like welcome, welcome to the mecca. It exactly. was the mecca of basketball. Now it's just the mecca of suck. You're only as good as you are until you play for the Mets. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. It. Or the Knicks. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's it's that whole. Or city. the Raiders. Like it's honestly, it's it's hard to be a New York fan right now because honestly, you look at it, the the Knicks have struggled, um, the Mets have been the Mets. Okay, like the the the, uh, the Rangers have promised, but they only have promised 
because of how far how far they had fallen, um, you know, in previous seasons to get to land they again. To win, they had to win two lottery lottery picks. That's what I'm saying. I, I, like that's they only got there by sucking, and then um, and then you know you look at what's happening in football. And the Jets have fallen to where they are. I mean, they've always been this, but they've become more the Jets than ever before. And the Giants, the Giants had the opportunity to move into the playoffs. They did what they had to do. Like late in the season, they turned it around. You know what? It was a rough start. Lost Saquon. They turned it around. They looked better. Um, And then they win a game. And it looked like they have a legitimate shot. And all they need to do is have Jalen Hurts and the Eagles beat the Redskins on Sunday night. Sorry, I, I didn't call them that the entire time. They were called that, and now I can't stop. The <laughs> the uh, the Washington football team. All they had to do was beat the Washington football team uh, with under the new quarterbacking of Jalen Hurts. And instead, we all saw what happened. They basically threw the game. Um, they had a chance to to win it late, and instead uh, had Sudfield Sudfield come into the game. Let's listen to Joe Judge's reaction right here. with this season. Obviously, players have asked me throughout the day, and, and I just can't express that. I think one thing to keep in mind with this season is we had a lot of people opt in to this season, okay? We had a lot of people opt in, all right? Coaches, players, that includes family members as well, all right? So to look at a group of grown men who I asked to give me effort on a day-in, day-out basis and to empty the tank – and then I can look them in the eye and assure them that I'm always going to do everything I can to put them at a competitive advantage and play them in a position of strength. To me, you don't ever want to disrespect those players and their effort and disrespect the game. The sacrifices that they made to come into work every day and test before coming in, to sit in meetings spaced out, to wear masks, to have shields over those masks, to go through extensive protocols, to travel in unconventional ways, to get text messages at 6.30 in the morning telling practice is going to be canceled. We have to do a virtual day, okay, to tell them, please don't have your family over for Thanksgiving. Please avoid Christmas gatherings. We know it's your wife's birthday. Let's make sure we put that one off to the offseason. There's a number of sacrifices that have been made by all the players and coaches in this league. There's a number of sacrifices that come along as well with the family members and the people connected to them. To disrespect the effort that everyone put forward to make this season a success for the National Football League, to disrespect the game by going out there and not competing for 60 minutes and doing everything you can to help those players win, we will never do that as long as I'm the head coach of the New York Giants. Okay. So a few things here. How do you rally the troops? He nailed every single one of them. One, work ethic. Acknowledge the work ethic that the players put in. Two, Family slash birthdays. Acknowledge that the families have sacrificed something. What could they have sacrificed? In this case, his somebody's wife's birthday, apparently. One of the players had a wife that had a birthday. During and and it obviously made a big deal about it, by the way. Yeah, exactly. A huge <laughs> deal about it because he mentioned it twice. Yeah. Can we yeah, can we maybe say it's one of those like diva wives that expects like renting out an entire restaurant for everyone yeah. and their mothers to come to it and everything and she couldn't get her party? Or like, or like, she's like one of those people that has. It's my birthday month, you know, and it's like her birthday is on October tenth, and then for some reason we're celebrating October thirty first still. You know I know someone like that. Who? Peas? <laughs> He's referring <laughs> to my wife, guys. Oh, but it's okay because I'm equally as demanding, um, as Eagle knows. 
I'm just happy Brent Grimes isn't on the team because his wife would have made a big deal about missing her birthday. And another thing, I wrote a blog about this. I don't disagree with his sentiment. Mm -hmm. I agree with the fact that, yes, players did sacrifice a lot of things. The one thing I'm going to say, though, Joe Judge, is you finished 6-10. and You didn't didn't win one more game. You didn't finish 10-6, and okay? It's not like it was a really good tight division and then for some reason the Eagles decided to fucking tank. And clearly... Doug Peterson is like, I need a better draft pick next year. Let's lose this game. But to Kurt Warner's point, Kurt Warner sent out a tweet saying, hey, Joe Judge, did you realize that Nate Sudfeld sacrificed his entire family, like being whatever for this season also? And maybe you missed on that point, which is true. But Nate Sudfeld is like, Jalen Hurts, Carson Wentz, I'm never going to have to touch the field. I'm going to make bank, bro. And he did not expect to get on the field. He probably didn't even want to play, but he's like, fuck, I got to play. I I was going to say, I don't, I actually, I disagree. I disagree completely. I think you're completely off base. The reason why is having watched that, I don't think Nate Sudfeld sacrificed anything. It looked like the guy hasn't even been to a practice or held a football in the last three years. I, I honestly think he was like on the sideline just getting blazed and had like no intention coming in. And then like, they're like, well, we're, we're in this game. I have, I have no chance coming in. Jalen, you do your thing. And then coach is like, you're going, and what the fuck? When I, <laughs> Are you serious? I was looking into the – when I was reading, writing the article, I just Googled Nate Sudfeld images, and it was only pictures of him practicing. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, then I'm wrong. Then he obviously sacrificed the practice. But my, my question is, all those hours of practice, maybe the wrong drills? Maybe maybe do something else because it's not working. It's, maybe, maybe. Uh, I mean, Nate I get it. He's, he's the third-string quarterback. I understand. But he's also played in NFL games before, so I don't understand how he could be that – was, that was the worst quarterbacking – I've seen in a long time. I think I my favorite part about that game, though, that. was Al Michaels and Chris Cullingworth just basically ripping on them for the last like quarter of the game. Like at one point, I think it was like third and eight or something, and he kind of uh, threw the ball to a receiver who wasn't even looking behind him into the ground, and just Michaels just went, "Oh, what was that?" <laughs> just <laughs> disgusted. I actually, actually like Joe Judge, and I. Like Terry, I, I kind of agree with the sentiment. But one thing I will say is I know why he got hired. And, and he got hired by Dave Gettleman, who is a constant fixture on our show. He's up there with Adam Gase, as guys we like to make fun of. He got fired. He got hired because he sounds like a football guy, right? Like, like I, I'm not doubting his confidence because his confidence is there. But the reason he got hired is because Gettleman's like, this is a real football guy with the way he talks. He's so Philadelphia with that haircut is unbelievable. Yeah, he's from, he's from Philly, and he went to Mississippi State. When does that happen? <laughs> Almost never. <laughs> Almost never. Um, JJ Watt had a moment with uh, with his quarterback, uh, and 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 uh, Deshaun Watson actually, despite a rough start, and they had a tough schedule start the season. He actually was like one of the top passers, if not the top passer in a lot of categories this season. And the offense actually performed decently well, especially after Bill O'Brien was let go. Uh, the defense was atrocious. And J.J. Uh, Watt, who played more games this season than he has in, in many of the past seasons, actually uh, addressed this with his quarterback. And this is what he had to say. Good job, brother. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We, we wasted one of your years. I'm sorry. How how bad does JJ Watt want to get traded out of Houston without saying he wants to leave Houston? 
Um, uh, probably about as bad he as he always wants to look good on camera. Like it's crazy, I guarantee huh? he knew where the camera was when he's saying. That's that. what I'm thinking. He probably because he looks up at the jumbotron. He's like, "Oh, that's me." And there's a camera. Okay, let's talk. Yeah, he's like, "I recognize that ass. I know that ass. <laughs> that's my ass." Or it um, or or maybe the big ninety nine and his name on the jersey. Maybe that would have. Nope, nope. He he saw the ass first. Saw the ass. I saw that ass, and I knew that's JJ Watt, and I'm not even JJ Watt. So there you you're go. Far from you're far from JJ Watt. That's for sure. Far from but it. listen, he's a big he's big Houston, right? He's like he's done a lot for the city of Houston, and they love him there. He can't come out and say trade me out of Houston. He doesn't want to ask for a trade because then it's going to be like he's going back against the city of Houston. So he's doing all these things. So for the organization, can be like, listen, JJ, you clearly don't want to be here anymore. Let's trade you to Pittsburgh with your brother, and you guys can figure it out from there. Like that's the thing is I feel he's the most curated athlete I've ever seen, and like that includes guys like like LeBron who's who's very curated, or and uh, Derek Jeter who was very curated in his time. It's curated in a way of like he he just he he always wants to be on a magazine cover. He always wants to be uh you know in the spotlight. Always wants to be looked at favorably. Like if it was a private moment, he would have ripped the coaching staff. He would ripped the ownership. He would have like you, when you fire a coach middle of the season, uh, it's dysfunction, right? Like that's, that's as bad as a season can go for you. And to have the sentiment, sorry, we let you down. Ah, shucks. Come on, JJ Watt. Come on. But I mean, if, if you're JJ Watt and you're coming off the 2019, 2020 season, 10 and six, brand new rookie QB dominating the league. You have a roster. You have the best wide receiver in the game. And you're thinking, yep, yeah, you know, maybe within the next three to five years, we have a chance at this, right? We're, we're an actual contender for once. Uh, the Titans are getting up good, but okay, maybe we'll con- they'll be our big rival. Jags suck. Colts suck. So we can win this division multiple times, and we can challenge for the Super Bowl. Colts and the then playoffs. 2020 comes around, and they essentially throw the entire core in the garbage. Like, yeah, they, they I can the understand the frustration weapon. from his part. Two of the teams in their division are in the playoffs, and they are not. So it's not necessarily that it's not necessarily that they they didn't play well. It's that odds were that they were probably weren't going to make it. You know what I mean? It's, it's just not. Indianapolis played a lot better than what we expected them to play. Like you said, Eagle uh, Titans, you expected them to be in the top two, but. I think that he's just trying to get out of Houston, man. And it's just he's making all these excuses. And, he, yeah, you know, he's very rah-rah. And his sentiment was great a couple weeks ago when he went on. He's like, we know we have fans that come out to watch a shitty proje- uh, product and all that stuff. And I get that. And it makes sense. You're a leader. You're a leader of the team. But do you say these things in the locker room is my question. And I, hopefully yeah. he does. Well, I mean, look, I, I don't want to doubt his leadership in, in anything just because, like, look, he's accomplished more than – I ever will in my life because making the NFL is really, really, really hard. And being as good as he has been is also really, really hard. And recovering from back surgery, all the stuff, all the stuff he's done. Don't take any of that stuff away. And even the charitable work. My God, all that's really impressive. That said, JJ Watt, you're corny as hell. You're always going to be corny. It is what it is. But like, I, I honestly, I want to see him take the next step. Like, if that's what you're going to be, go extra corn. Just do it. Extra do corn. It. Always got to go extra corn. Um, coach, coach Carousel is in full effect. Anthony, Anthony Lynn, Adam Gaze, Doug Marone, all let go after the season. Terry, I heard two rumors that just continue to boggle my mind. Um, as we now expect to see the Woody Johnson sex tape now that Adam Gaze has been fired. Um, 
Adam Gase rumored to be either the quarterback's coach in um, New England next season, also rumored to be the offensive coordinator of Alabama. Why? Why do people like Adam Gates? I don't understand. It's crazy. He's such a dick. He's he might he might be the nicest guy ever. I, I, I honestly I, I I hope he is. The thing is, just reading about his interactions with players and seeing how many players he's pushed out of the teams he's worked with, only to see those those players su- succeed. And I remember people laughing at Jarvis Landry about wanting to build a culture in Cleveland. And look, you can laugh all you want. He did it. He took a team that historically had the worst losing culture ever. And you know what? They they went, you know, they lost Odell Beckham and they exceeded expectations this season. I'm happy for the Browns. I mean, I think that Gase we assume that Gase is going to get a job somewhere. And I think as a as a quarterback's coach makes why, sense. Why are they these these great jobs? I understand like you get to work with Belichick or Saban. Why? I don't I, they're I, just, like, like a, a like make a wish thing. I have to work with you every week, so you know what I mean. Imagine what I'm going. Yeah, through. but at least Pease has talent. Like, what has Gase actually done in his career? It's true. Pease is a very good tap dancer. His talent at tap dancing is at a different level. Yo, but, give me catch me on the mass dancer. Just keep guessing. He might, he might just interview there. very well. I don't know. Sorry. He might interview extremely well. <laughs> or you'd be like Joe Judge, just give that yeah, football. Yeah, but Terry, speech, right? this isn't just like an employee who gives you their CV and tells you all the fantastic work they did in all their projects and they interview well. You literally see their work and their performance on national television 17 times a, a, um, a year and everything, right? For multiple years. Like, it's very obvious in terms of how good or bad they are at their jobs. I don't know. I'm just trying to find like a, like a positive a devil's advocate here, but I can't he coached, see it. He coached the Dolphins for four years and the Jets for two. What improvements did he make to either of those teams? Oh, he ruined Man, both what? franchises. He, he, he ruined coached both Manning franchises. in the worst year of Manning's career. And like, okay, so like the credit he got for Cutler, if you actually look at the numbers, all he did was take the air out of the ball. They ran the ball and they, they threw a ton of short passes. And then he coached Peyton Manning, who at that point in his career, how much coaching does he actually need? He he needed surgery more than he needed coaching. And then um, then the he two times concussion he protocol leader, more than he, he needed coaching. <laughs> Sorry? He needed concussion protocol more than he needed coaching. Exactly. There you go. There you go. Um, the other two, um, I mean, Doug Marone, when you finish last place, you expect the coach not to return. Um, but the one I'm slightly surprised about, and I guess I shouldn't, but, um, Anthony Lynn had the rookie quarterback excuse and still got fired. So because, and I think it was just all the bad decision-making over time. Well, it's also Justin Herbert finished, uh, he has, he broke like rookie records. Yeah. So, uh, he broke uh, Baker Mayfield's touchdown record from a couple yeah, years ago. Yeah, touchdown record for a couple from a couple years ago. He, I think he's like fifth in passing from a rookie for a rookie quarterback, something like that. So, I think they looked at him. They're like, we don't really need you because this guy is doing it all himself. You're supposed to be known for this defensive thing, and defense sucks. So let's go just go get also somebody running else. backs. That, also running backs. Um, well, who do they go get now? Who's available? I mean, the, the, there's a whole bunch of things. There's, there's. I love this time of year too, and and I, the, I secretly love this about Alex the intern. He is, he is so beautifully naive, so beautifully like, cliched. 
like he's no 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 but like specifically naive in, in a way like kind of the way Will Power is like these guys are just young and and sports haven't hurt them enough yeah, yet. They're they're still like, they're still brand new to this. When 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 he says in in our chat, yeah, Urban Meyer uh, rumored to be going to Jacksonville. He's just doing that to get more money out of the college, right? Like he's just doing it to get cash. He's not he's not <laughs> the only time a college coach leaves to the NFL is if they're not one of the top programs or if there's a scandal with, at their school and they're about to get caught. That's the only two times. That's why Pete Carroll is in the NFL and and all the other guys who come in, it's because they're chasing a better job. But that's not the case for Urban Meyer. No. Uh, I think Urban Meyer will get the most money possible from... Ohio State. Ohio State, I was going to say. Yeah. And uh, I was going to say Florida. I'm like, that's not accurate anymore. Tim Tebow no. left a long time ago. Uh, yeah, I don't think he's going to be in Jacksonville, but you know what? Jacksonville makes sense because of the whole Florida connection. So, I understand. I understand it makes sense in the way that, like, it makes sense in Madden to get the guy with the highest rating. But what's in it for Urban Meyer to go to the Jacksonville? Zero things. Yeah, it's less a harder job with less security, less money, and less freedom. So why would and you? He, take and that you don't out? have to deal with millionaire prima donnas. You have to deal with guys. You basically we'll have, have no to deal power. With, yeah, we we'll have exactly. no power. Like, it, it's. Instead of dealing with guys who make more money than you and being in that very difficult situation, a situation that a guy as great as Nick Saban couldn't deal with in Miami, you're now having to do that. Um, if you're, you're now having to do that and uh, where you're used to basically controlling the entire power structure. Exactly. So I, I found that funny. Again, just I love this. Just when guys think that's a real possible thing, I find it sweet. I find it like, <laughs> oh. It's endearing. It is. It's, it yeah. is absolutely. Endearing. It was a moment where, man. Sometimes he frustrates me. That coffee never gets to Montreal warm. Just, I wanted to <laughs> hug him. Exactly. I wanted to hug him because it was like that's so cute. That's so cute. Um, like, you know, I want to send him a coffee with a little note on the top saying, "You're cute." <laughs> just aw. <Aww. Aww. laughs> um, so, uh, Kevin Stefanski won't be coaching the Browns. It looks like we talked about them a second ago. Uh, they've been ravaged by COVID in a way. In a way that it kind of feels like the NFL has been covering up. Like it feels like the Browns just shouldn't have played for three weeks because it's they, they one week were missing a bunch of players and then they were missing all of their wide receivers and now it's their entire coaching staff that looks to be in jeopardy. And we saw what it looks like when a team doesn't have their coaches when the Lions got just throttled on Thanksgiving. Um, I feel bad for the Browns, man, because especially for for Joe Batonio, because it's like he's been he's the longest tenured Brown. He never made the playoffs. Now he finally makes the playoffs and he can't play. He got COVID. Uh, Kevin Stefanski, too. You know, he did this thing where it's like he brought the team that hasn't made the playoffs in X amount of years. And now he can't coach them. But I think they'll be fine, though. I think that Kevin Stefanski is probably he's probably instituted a good but they're playing the Steelers again, which is tough to beat the same team twice in a row, which is it's not going to play in their favor, but it would be it. Imagine how much more it's going to mean to a guy like Baker and to a guy like Kevin Stefanski if they win and then they go on to the second round. Imagine. So, like, narratives are fun, and, and our show is largely based on making fun of narratives. And so, like, you know, all the things. Uh, the Steelers. Everything. I checked the them Steelers, all. Uh, you know, yeah, exactly. The, 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 the Steelers took an L last time, but uh, it wasn't a real loss because they had the backup quarterback. And the Browns, <laughs> no, it wasn't a real win. And then like the Browns are like, man, if we can win, if we can win this one for the Gipper. But like, it's incredibly difficult to do. Where's that it's from? Winner for the Gipper. Sorry, is that the Raiders? Winner for the Gipper. I don't, I don't know. My dad, it's something that my dad has always said. I think so it's a Raiders thing. Oh. Eagle, can you find the origins of Winner for the Gipper? 
Yeah, sure. But right. before you do that, before you do that, <laughs> I love putting in these spots. Um, Eagle has to do something for us uh, because we're going to take a look at Josh Allen uh, and the Bills. Um, we talk about football teams. It's and, a and college you... football player at Notre Dame oh, okay. whose name was George Gipp, and they called him the Gipper. Okay. Yeah, there you go. There you go. George Gipp. Something we'll never remember uh, because his name is the most forgettable thing. Um, the, the, Josh Allen and the Bills, they've been impressive for a lot of reasons. Like Their offense kind of reminds me of what Kansas City's offense is, like the high end of what the Bills are, what Kansas City is all the time, that they're going to score. They're going to score a ton of points, and you're not going to be able to win these like tight, close, like you know, three-score games against them. You're going to have to put up a lot of scores to beat them. They've been impressive. Um, and I, there's this clip of them, Terry, we're going to have a look at it, just having a good time at practice. Not everyone needs to get absolutely intense. Some people like to get loose, and I like seeing this clip as much as I hate the Bills. It was a bit choppy for me. For you guys? It was a bit choppy for me, too. Guys, for those watching... It's not choppy for them. Don't worry. It's not time All for right. them. Okay, well, if it is, we apologize. We are working uh, to try and get you guys more of the product that you're used to. Um, I saw it and I laughed. And, and you know what? Like, it's hard for me to kind of to, to, to feel good things about the Bills because I'm a Dolphins fan. But at the same time, Terry, I saw this and I was like, you know what? I like these guys. This is a fun team. This is exciting. I just thought, how, how, um, how many years would it be before Josh Allen was even a sperm that <laughs> – this, that MC Hammer song came out. Oh, he wasn't born yet. He has no context for for Hammer Time. I had the tape when I was a kid. I had the tape of that. Josh album. Allen was born in like ninety two. Yeah. No, no, much no, no, not ninety two. No, he's born a lot later than that. It's probably like ninety eight. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, how how do they even have Hammer Time as a reference point? Well, because like, how does that make it into a locker room of? It's is a it very popular song. Actually, and it is, is it because their dads are actually just my age? Is that is that, that's so terrifying? <laughs> it's a terrifying <laughs> idea. I think it came out in '86. That's my birthday year. There we go. So I mean, like that—that's how much. I guess though, it could be one of those things where it was still in pop culture in the late '90s. Like there would still be like references to maybe Hammer. Oh, just something I thought of. Have you ever googled? Uh, no, there's like websites that like, if you put your birthday in, it tells you what what the number one song is. On that oh, day. I remember before, yeah. I don't remember what it was for me. This, my song, I have no idea what it is. It's Patti LaBelle and some random singer, white guy with a massive beard and ugly hair. And he sings like this. And it was awful. It was just awful. And I'm like, this yeah, I feel like usually the song of the year is pretty awful. <laughs> for me, well, it's not bad. Actually, for me, it was uh, a Physical by Olivia Newton-John. Who do you, uh, who do you and share? The second, the, the, uh, second top song of that year was uh, Eye of the Tiger by Survivor. Oh, who do you share a birthday with? What celebrity do you share a birthday with? I don't know all this stuff offhand. Uh, you need to buy me more time if you can ask me questions like Mary that. Kate and Ashley Olsen, same date, same year. I don't know. Which I don't one would know. you bang? Which one would I? There is one that's a little cuter than the other. I yeah, will say. Elizabeth. Who's Elizabeth what? Olsen? The sister, Wanda from uh, Marvel's Scarlet Witch. Oh really? That's her. The hot one. Speak, yeah. English. Speak English. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know which celebrities were born uh, were born same day as me, but um, just pick the oldest one, um, Elvis. <laughs> Elvis was born the same day as me. How's that? <laughs> we were both we were both in Vietnam together. Um, the uh, James Harden has been all the talk this season, and I know I know he. It's it's going to get annoying, right? Because whenever a guy wants to force his way out of town. They dominate the headlines. And Terry, I feel like you're specifically susceptible to this. You get so tired of hearing a name and seeing them on the show sheet for like six weeks that by the end of it, you you hate the player. Yeah. Like this happens all the time. I hate um, James Harden mm-hmm. for two reasons. One, I picked them to plus six and a half last night. Okay. And they lost by seven. That's kind of a dick move on their part. Yeah. Like go fuck yourself. You couldn't hit one extra free throw. One, just and like you one. Can go to the free throw line like eighty times. Like yeah, hit an extra one. You one extra fight. free throw. He wasn't um, perfect. So there was this. This clip actually came out, um, and for, I we're gonna have to look up uh, which show it's from. But Seth Jones talked about about James Harden. Uh, let's have a look. I was playing in Nashville my second year. I was in Chicago a couple of days before the game. Um, they were playing the Rockets. And so we stayed at the Ritz in the, I think it's the water tower downtown. Um, so Houston was staying there. We had a couple nights. So we go out for some drinks night before their game, like two nights, four hours night before their game. I see a couple of other players in there, tequila bottles in their hands, like chugging. I mean, it was just incredible. I saw Jeremy Lin was sitting at the bar drinking <laughs> water. This is when he was on Houston. Um, Lynn Sanity. and what, yeah, I'm like, these guys can't have a good game next game. So I go into the game the next night. Harden has like eight points. I think Lynn goes off for like 28. I'm like, this guy obviously was had a great night. I'm sure Harden did. Uh, so I go to see Harden play and he, he was a little hung. I think buckled. Yeah. So who was telling? I was playing me? a national my second year. I was in Chicago. Come on, yeah, that was on the. Yeah, 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 I know. That was on that the, the Spinning Chicklets podcast. podcast. No, I know. I, I listened to that today. I was listening to that today as I was working. So, well, who was telling me that they always bet on against Houston, against Houston, against James Harden when he plays in Miami? Um, I don't know. I don't know who was telling you because I'm not a Somebody was telling me recently they always bet on Houston against James Harden against my uh, Houston when he plays in Miami and it and it's almost like a hundred percent sure he's gonna hit the under on whatever points he was estimated to get. There's a couple of cities where that's a thing. Miami is absolutely a thing where visiting teams so that have they have a collective hangover when they play the Toronto Raptors. Believe it or not, uh, there's like a tra- they have like a trap Sunday afternoon. Uh, they they have a lot of games on Sunday afternoons. And it's uh, it's known in NBA circles as like a trap game because Saturday nights because uh, we make fun of Toronto as like a city that closes up late, but like compared to like a lot of American cities, okay. a city that closes up shop at two a.m. is actually a city that's open pretty late. So that's and don't forget their money is basically like walking around with gold bars in, in Canada. So oh, big time, yeah. So you, you basically have free drinks all night. <laughs> um, so I, I saw this and. Look, all this kind of stuff, it's going to make the, the the casual fans and the purists hate James Harden even more. But I see it, and it kind of reminds me of Shaq. Shaq famously didn't like practice, didn't like working out. 
And like he would he would still get 25 rebounds in the game and, and 31 points, let's say. And and he was just dominant. And James Harden, man, imagine if you weren't playing hungover all the time. Imagine if you actually were in decent shape. This is a guy who's been dominating the scoring title for half a decade. And so, this is what he does. Seth Jones actually has another story right after that on that podcast. His father is Popeye Jones. Yeah. So his father is Popeye Jones, and he played against Shaq. And he played against Shaq one night. I forgot what city they were in. And Shaq was going up for a rebound. And, pop, and basketball players sometimes will grab your wrist as you're trying to go up you know, to like hold you down. And Shaq, <laughs> Shaq's like, yo, don't grab my wrist no more. And, and Popeye Jones never grabbed his wrist ever again. After that, Shaq made him shit his pants. Shaq, dude, like, like basketball players are big in a way that like if you're ever near one, you've never felt so small. They look like uh, Hagrid. But like Shaq was so much bigger than everyone also playing in the NBA. <laughs> like not just height, just the thickness of that man was nonsense. Okay, I finally go nerd reference and none of you two nerds fucking acknowledge it. I said I Hagrid. Hear it, I said he looks like Hagrid. Oh, okay. Yes. I mean, it's a pretty old reference there. I know. I it's watched pretty- the Philosopher's Stone last night. I'm going to watch uh, whatever the second one is tonight. See, the fact so that you don't know what the second one is already remember. ruined your nerd crap. What is the second one? The th- third Chamber one is Prisoner of, of Azkaban. Chamber of Secrets. Prisoner of Azkaban. Go- uh, Goblet of me. Fire. Fucking shit. Goblet of Fire. Don't tell Order me. Order of the Phoenix. Okay, Prince. I, I'm telling you not to tell me. I'm beating you to it. <laughs> and what are the, what's the seventh one? Uh, Deathly Hallows. Part one. And? No, the book. There, there's only one book, and they did two I movies. Know. I know yeah. exactly. So Deathly Hallows part book. two. <laughs> now, here's the fun one. Do you know the new Broadway? Oh, no, I don't. You don't know it? Can I it's guess? Harry Potter Can I and guess? The, yeah. Cupboard under, the, cupboard under the Stairs. No, Cursed Child. Fucking idiot. Well, I mean, it's a good guess covered under the stairs, no? I mean, it's not no, bad. It's too. a terrible guess. But it's a I, it, I, I it, 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 Harry Potter and people. the cupboard under the stairs? Or yeah. just <laughs> cupboard under the stairs. What? Listen, he was a cursed child because he was he living lived. in a cupboard under the stairs. Yeah. Or so no, it's not he bad. lived in the cupboard under the stairs because he was a cursed child. Yeah, you know yeah. who lived in a pineapple under the sea? SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh... That there's an interesting callback to to Hot Sauce Sports, though, Terry. That means if you're watching, if you're running through uh, Harry Potter, you should watch it as quickly as possible because you're not getting laid while watching Harry Potter. We established it was the movie series where you're least likely to be getting laid in the theater. But so. as per Carlin Gay, it's Jurassic Park. He thinks Jurassic Park is the movie most likely not to get laid. He says that in our best of 2020 on YouTube right now. Absolutely, yeah. that's another thing. Actually, that's a that's one of the things I forgot to mention at the top of the show. Terry, actually, you did a great job editing the best of twenty twenty video. Please do take a look. Twenty twenty was a crappy year, but we had some great moments, so do watch that. Um, one last thing, guys, before we get to uh, our interview, we have a great interview lined up with uh, Chad Jeter. He is a defensive lineman for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders of the CFL. Uh, he'll tell us why there are not more than one team named Rough Riders, despite what South Park will have you believe, um, as well as several other things. Terry, you did that interview alone, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes, I did. Uh, Chad's a good guy, man. Chad, he uh, he was very open. He's like, yeah, whatever you guys want, you guys want to do an interview. We had reached out to him. I think Alex the intern, I reached out to him randomly and on Twitter, and he, he came back and um, he played for Montreal for a bit too. He was actually cut by the riders. Well, he tells us the whole story. It's actually pretty crazy. A little the story that he, when he gets cut and then gets re-signed and the whole thing. So he tells us the he tells us that whole story. He's a super nice guy. It's a short interview. It's about sixteen minutes. Um, great guy. And uh, he said he, he's glad to come on again. And when next time he's in town, we're gonna I'm gonna bring him for Pooters for Putin. Nice, nice. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. 
he um th- th- we're gonna we're gonna break the fourth wall for a second uh it's the, 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 the it's out there terry people now know we don't record the show in order not every <laughs> interview is done live um yeah terry did this one alone i am looking forward to hearing for uh, hearing uh chad and i will absolutely pretend when we come back that i was in uh, that interview with you but before we do that uh, i want to talk about these nhl division names so we have the scotia bank north division the Honda West Division, the Discover Center Edition, and the Mass Mutual East Division. My God, these are terrible. The I, I, Mass Mutual I, East like, Division. Yeah, it's so bad. It's so it's bad. like I was thinking back to when it was like the Prince of Wales Conference. I'm like, that's a cool name. Why didn't they have? Why don't we have cool names again? And then I was thinking, who would be the least appropriate sponsors? Like, if we move Scotia, who can we put on there that would, you know, better represent hockey? Brazzers. Brazzers. So if we can have like a full porn conference. Go like Brazzers on one side. Uh, Pornhub, they've got some heat. You don't want to be in Pornhub right now. But then now. you got to be inclusive. So yeah. you got to add maybe Bromo, which is a homosexual website, or men.com. Okay. Or one website is called Sean Cody, which is a good site as well. So you can do that. And then maybe you mix in um, uh, some um, some transsexuals. So we have transsensual.com could be one other website. Well, let me do that. Tell you, we'll, go, we'll go one side of the bracket. Is is going to be the um, LGBTQ community? No, no, we go, we go, we go straight and gay on one side, and on the other side, we go uh, for the you know, you know, transgender and, and you know, what have you. Okay, so which cool. Yeah. The Canadian division get that's the real question here. I mean, that's because we're like a multinational, diverse group, right? So it should really be like the whole LGBTQ plus category. Uh, there's a website called Why Not Buy. That's good. Yeah, go. buy or buy empire. We can use those ones. And then, and then, well, so at that point, we we might as well actually. Well, there we go. We go with that last one you mentioned, Terry. Why uh, buy empire? There we go. We have that. We have the Bromo division. We have uh, we have the Brazzers division. And finally, of course, I think the only way to end it is if you also have the FarmersOnly.com division. <laughs> um, I'm still waiting for FarmersOnly.com bowl game. That would be the best thing ever. But we'll give them we'll give them a hockey division in the meantime. Uh, Terry, we'll talk. Well, you'll talk to Chad Jeter, uh, and I'll pretend like I was in the uh, in on the interview. Next, we are farmers. This show is brought to you by Mike's BBQ Rub, home of the best rubs in town, and last sauce barbecue sauce peas. Absolutely, they will get you satisfied in twelve seconds or less, just like Rick Pitino at that restaurant. So visit Mike's BBQ Rub MTL.com and use Hot Sauce 10 promo code for 10% off on all individual bottles. That's Hot Sauce 10 for 10% off. And please don't forget to rub your meat. I'm pleased to be joined by Saskatchewan Rough Fighters defensive lineman Chad Jeter. I almost mispronounced that again. Chad Jeter. How's it going, buddy? Good. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Um, thanks for coming on, man. I know it was a little bit of scheduling differences there, but I think we figured it out. Thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. My pleasure, man. So what do you got going now? Where Where are you? Are you in Saskatchewan? Are you back home? Where are you at? I'm, um, I'm in South Carolina right now. Columbia, South Carolina. That's where you're from? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You. Uh, I wanted to ask you, so what was your journey? How did you get to the CFL? I know you went to Gardner-Webb. So yeah, cool. went to, um, to Gardner-Webb, played... Five years there, I had a redshirt year in the middle of my college career. 
due to an injury. So I played five years there. Um, coming out, I had the 49ers and Giants rookie mini camp invite, but I ended up getting hurt probably like a week before I could fly out and, you know, do that tryout or whatever. So, um, <clears throat> you know, I took a year off, had surgery, rehabbed, and I GA'd at Gardner Webb for a year. And, you know, just talking to my agent, just trying to figure out how I can, how I can get back into football and, you know, possibly play professional. So he told me to um, he told me to go to the Saskatchewan tryout, Saskatchewan Rough Rider tryout in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, I know Coach Jones was there, Cam was there, my uh, old linebacker coach, uh, Di was there, one of my DB coaches. So it was the old three coaches there. So I went there, you know, I did pretty good. It was about twenty to twenty-five of us at that tryout. Um, I did pretty good there. Talked to Coach Jones after the tryout, and um, he said he was going to call me in a couple of days. He ended up calling me and invited me to rookie minicamp down at uh, IMG Academy in Florida. Yeah. So I ended up going down there and, uh, you know, I talked to him and asked him, like, what position did he want me to, you know, try out, you know, work out for? And he told me defensive end. <clears throat> so, you know, I did that for three days down there in Florida. And then on my last day, like after we were done, J.O. talked to me and was like, you know, do you have anything planned for the next couple of days? And I actually did. Cause I had a big project I had to do cause I was working on my masters <clears throat> at Gardner Webb. So, you know, I just told him that, but I was like, if I have to stay, you know, you know, do something else I could. So I, you know, worked on my project down there and they wanted me to stay and do, you know, like some linebacker work. So I actually did three extra days than I was supposed to do at the um, Ricky minicamp for like linebacker stuff. So I did good down there and, you know, they ended up calling me and inviting me to camp in uh, Saskatoon. So that's how I made it. <laughs> you had a you had a small stand in Montreal too. Was it you got traded? You got released from the the Riders? What was that? So yeah, after my second year after camp, I got released. Um, I got released by the Riders. It was a, that's a crazy story, man. Because I was out. I thought I did pretty good. I thought I did what I had to do during camp. You know, make the team, and I was I was a returning, you know, very good special teams player. So you know, I thought I had that to help me, you know, make the team again my second year. So. I was out to eat with Charleston. It was me, Charleston, Micah, uh, LeVar Edwards was there. I think it might've been just us four. You know, I get the call, you know, call was saying like, hey, where are you, blah, blah, we need to talk. And for a minute, I didn't think anything up. I was like, yeah, I'm just out to eat, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, all right, well, just let me know when you get back to the uh, the dorms, we need to talk to you. So at this point, I'm just like, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know what's going on. So I asked Charleston, he was like, I don't know, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I, I, you know, I stepped outside of the restaurant and I called, I called one of the coaches and was like, um, hey man, did I get cut? Like I, they just called and said they needed to talk to me. Did I get cut? And he said, he didn't know. So at this point I'm like, man, something must be up. So <laughs> I didn't even finish my food. I had, I had like a burger, some fries, all that kind of stuff. I didn't even finish it. I got a to-go box, paid for my food or whatever, went back. And it was like, yeah, we're going, um, we decided to, you know, cut you, uh, blah, did all of that. So I packed up and flew out the next day and, you know, talked to my agent and he got me the, um, he said Montreal was interested. So, you know, I flew home one day, stayed at home for a day and flew back out to Montreal the next day, and, you know, played in the game, played against Edmonton like three days later with Montreal. That's crazy. Montreal's a beautiful city. I mean, uh, obviously, you can tell from my hat that's where, that's where I'm from. And 
and uh, the Alouettes were big at one point here. What was what was it like playing, putting on uh, the jersey, the Montreal Alouettes jersey? Um, it was nice, man. You know, yeah. like the locker room, like the guys in the locker room. Everybody was, you know, everybody was cool. It was a tight locker room. Uh, great work ethic. So you know, it was you know my half a season there. It it was nice. It was yeah. nice. Uh, one of my buddies is a, is a coach there. We've been trying to get him on, but he he's a little reluctant. Vince Nardone. I don't know if you know him. He's a defensive defensive assistant DB coach, and uh, we're trying to get him on. He's been he's but he's been giving us the. He actually messaged me. He's like, "I'll come on," and then he told me he's like, "Well, actually, I don't know. You got to talk to the team, so I'm gonna have to talk to the team to get him on." But we've had we've had some guys with the CFL players, and um, you guys are great, man. It's honestly CFL guys are, are the the probably the best bunch to talk to because you guys have all these crazy stories, just like the story you just told me. You know what I mean? And um. How long did you stay in Montreal? Were you here over the rest of the season? Did you finish the season? Then contract negotiations brought you back to the Riders? Or? Oh, no, I was in Montreal for for about eight weeks. So, I, like I said, that first week I got there, I played against Edmonton. And um, the second week in practice, you know, I did pretty I did pretty good, you know, the week up in, in the week playing Edmonton. And then the second week we were supposed to play against um, Hamilton. So, I ended up doing pretty good. I ended up – I was going to start that Hamilton game. So I was doing good in practice. And then the day before we were supposed to fly out, I tore my growing. I tore my growing the day before we were supposed to fly out to um, Hamilton. So I ended up having to sit out for, I think I said eight weeks out to let that heal, eight-week process or whatever, let that heal, rehab, and came back. I played against Toronto at the um, – I forgot the I forgot the name of that game. But when Montreal played against Toronto and um, – was the semis? No, it was it was the Atlantic, the Atlantic. Oh, when you got when you guys go over to the Maritimes there, yeah, yeah, yeah. I played I played in that game, and then they um they wanted to put me down on practice roster, and I didn't feel like I you know deserved to be on practice roster, so we you know went like back and forth where you know I talked to talked to my coach and talked to the um talked to like the recruiter there and all that kind of stuff. We just went back and forth, back and forth. And I was just like, I don't, I don't, I won't take a, a practice roster deal or whatever. I feel like I could play on someone's team. So if, you know, if y'all going to put me down on practice roster, I, I won't accept it. And I was like, y'all, I mean, either going to have to cut me or, um, or pull me up, let me play or whatever. So they ended up wanting to put me on practice roster. I talked to my agent. I was like, I don't want to take it. He understood, so I, you know, I just told him I didn't want to take their practice roster deal. So they ended up cutting me the day before. It was it the day before? The, yeah, the day before of the BC Lions game. They're supposed to play against BC, the BC Lions at uh, at Montreal. So got cut from them. You know, I talked to my agent, and you know, he reached out to Saskatchewan after I was released, and ended up, you know, they ended up wanting wanting me back. So I ended up going back there the week of the Montreal game. So oh, wow. To, so you played against Montreal. I played, yeah, I played against Montreal a week later and ended up, you know, getting a sack on them and all that kind of stuff. So that's that's another crazy story, how I was with Montreal one week. <laughs> Next week, I was back with Saskatchewan playing against Montreal. So There's so many cool. stories like that. Yeah. That's the thing about the CFL. There's no guaranteed contracts, right? So it's like you can get just get snipped one day, and then the yeah. next day you're playing against that same team. It's a, such a small league, right, with nine teams. It's not – it's not it's not rare that you can play the same team, the team you just played for or played against, you know. Um, 
you played at Gardner Webb University. They play in the Big South, right? Am I right? Huh? Is Coastal Carolina from the Big South? I, they yeah, must they, be. Coastal, yeah, Coastal. At one point, it was Gardner Webb, Coastal Liberty, um, Monmouth, Monmouth. Kennesaw is in there now. Johnson those are some. Southern. Those are some good schools in a smaller conference, right? Yeah, yeah. So you know. Stony Brook ended up leaving a long time ago. Uh, Liberty and Coastal were the newer ones that left, that went up to uh, FBS. So, yeah, Coastal Coastal was in the Big South for a while. Um, well, I don't know if this is the slogan. When I was on the website, I don't know if this is the slogan when you were there. If you're juiceless, if you're juiceless, you're useless. Is that your guys' slogan? Yeah. What yeah. does that mean? It was like it was something newer. Saying like you know if you don't have any if you don't have any juice if you're not bringing you know the energy then you're useless like don't show up to the weight room juiceless they <laughs> juiceless don't show up to practice juiceless because you're useless you're gonna come out there and you're just trying to get by then you're useless I like I like the I like the sentiment but juice meant something different when I was playing football you know so I don't know that's <laughs> yeah. why so I looked at it, I'm like yeah it can rub people the wrong way I guess <laughs> we even call there was a few kids we called juice just because of. Yeah. What, what it meant you know what i mean like it is what it is we had one guy we called him skittles because he was jack beyond beliefs and it looked like he was just popping pills all the time uh <laughs> it was uh it, football guys man it's like they're a different breed i find they're 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 very different and it brings me to we had like i mentioned before we we got on air uh marco briette one of my one of my best friends he he's come on the show a few times and he's he's different too and we've asked him a few questions like what's it like on the road what kind of girls do the do the the offensive linemen get compared to like dbs and the receivers <laughs> and, and you know and he always gives us a few good stories and uh and there's like there's a story about i don't know if you know nick lewis uh yeah, no. yeah nick, nick lewis talking to girls like on uh while he's while he's uh in the middle of the game like just joking with them and kind of thing you know so there's all these all these funny stories that that, that they can bring in uh i love the cfl guys man it's different because it's like they're just trying to get maybe there's some guys that are there for a long time and there's some guys that are just trying to get maybe another five, six years of playing football out of them. And just before they start their next careers or whatever it is. So, which leads me to our question is what's next for you? What do you got? What do you got going on? Um, yeah. So, you know, like when I originally, you know, went to the CFL, I wanted to come up here and, you know, show that I can still play at a professional level and hopefully, you know, get some NFL workouts, you know, trials or, or, you know, whatever. So after this year, you know, depending on how good I do this year or whatever, I will, you know, try to see if I can get some NFL workouts. But I do love playing in the CFL. It's fun. It's, I feel like a lot of guys in the CFL, like, they really love the game because, you know, yeah. we don't make the millions like, you know, the NFL and stuff like that. But there's only been two players that have ever made a million Yeah. in the CFL. Well, I mean, million contract, but total, I'm sure there's guys that have made up to. So, yeah, I feel like, you know, a lot of guys up there, like, they really love the game and, you know, like, we – we're in another country, so that you know that makes it interesting. We're away from our families. Some some have their families up there, but you know the majority of people are up there away from their families, and you know just up there playing football. So I like it. I like it's it. also like- it's also different if you're from Toronto if you're playing in Toronto or you're playing in Montreal as opposed to mm-hmm. playing in like Saskatoon or if you're playing in well Ottawa is not that bad, but where Saskatoon is kind of like a smaller city. You know, it's not as it's not it's not as uh, it's not a metropolitan city like it is in. Uh, well, you guys play in Regina. Sorry, my mistake. Um, but it's not a metropolitan city like Toronto, Montreal, are, right? So it's a little different. But that's why I feel like Saskatchewan's so good, so part because it's the only thing that they have to kind of root for. I mean, there's a few junior hockey teams, but other than that, it's the only. Prof- I think they say it's the only professional. Yeah. Uh, what 
professional football team in the whole province or whatever? It's the only professional sports team in the whole province. The rest are all junior and minors. Yeah, well. Yeah. Rider Nation, man. Rider Nation is, uh, is huge. And uh, I remember Marco was telling us, he's like, it's a completely different animal. He's like, I remember Marco saying he's, he's like, playing Montreal was different for him because hometown, you know, it was fun. All his friends came out, his family was there every game. Then going over there and being like, you can't walk on the street. You know, some guys just like, you'll just rec- get recognized everywhere. You know? yeah. yeah, that was different. Like when I went, when I went to Montreal and I would like wear, you know, like a Montreal shirt, you like walking around shopping or whatever. And like, I remember this, like, a lady asked me, um, like, what I do or whatever. And I was like, yeah, I play on, you know, Alouettes out here. She was like, what is that? I was like, uh, it's the it's the football team out That's here. Funny. Yeah, but it's just it's just different, you know, different different places. But I'm sure uh, when you were playing high school and where are you from, South Carolina? Irmo, South Carolina, is that it? When you were playing high school, you probably got recognized everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we play football down here, especially because my, my high school, we just won – the fifth state champion in the row, straight oh, wow. championship in the row. So if you have on like some Dutch Fork stuff around here, then you would definitely, they'll definitely know who you are. That's it. That's it. So you were telling me you have a clothing brand. What's the, what's the name of the clothing brand? Where, where can we reach it? Yes. Yeah, um, CG clothing brand. You can find it on Twitter. I can put it in my, I believe I have it on my Twitter and my bio, but the um, Twitter page is baller gear CA. You know, it's I'm I'm a part of it. Charleston Hughes is a part of it. Manny Arsenal is a part of it. Shaq Evans is a part of it. We um, we got a lot of a lot of people a part of you know the Baller Gear CA, and you know we all we all have our own brands. And I recently got my brand this year in this off season. CG clothing. CG clothing. Jad, I appreciate you coming on, man. It was a pleasure talking to you. You're a good guy. I hope it works out for you in Saskatchewan. We'll be rooting you for here. Number 91, not number 93. Look, I see in the back, right? So we'll be rooting for you here. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, so whenever you're watching uh, the Alouettes versus Saskatchewan, if number 91 gets a sack, cheer him on. Uh, Chad, I appreciate it, buddy. Uh, your Twitter is is Chad Jeter 38. Is that it? I, I changed it recently to just Chad Jeter. Just Chad Jeter. So Chad Jeter, uh, you can follow him on Twitter, Instagram, same thing, I imagine. Uh, check out the, check out his clothing line at ballergear.ca, uh, CG clothing for Chad Jeter. Chad, I appreciate it, buddy. Have a good one. Thank you. This show is brought to you by Mike's BBQ Rub, home of the best rubs in town and La Salle's barbecue sauce. Peace. Just like Rubbercraft, I can't resist a good rub down, and Mike's Barbecue Sauce is the best rub down in town. So visit Mike's BBQ Rub, MTL.com, and use Hot Sauce 10 promo code for 10% off on all individual bottles. That's Hot Sauce 10 for 10% off, and don't forget to rub your meat peas. And we're back. All right, that was a great interview, Terry. I was really happy to just sit in the corner and listen to you guys. It was great. <laughs> it was weird to have you there behind the camera this time instead of in front of the camera. Yeah, very awkward for me, but it was good. It was uh, you gave me pointers. It was perfect. I like. What was your favorite yeah, part? I'm, piece? I'm always pointing. What was your favorite part of the interview piece? Uh, my favorite is when you spoke to Chad Jeter of it's, the Saskatchewan Rough Fighters. He joined us. He joined us on um, on Not Sauce for Work first ever episode as we transition away from Hot Sauce Sports as the name. You know, Chad. Jeter. I liked all that. All that was Chad, really good. I like. I like specifically right halfway meaning. through the first act. Um, I thought that his delivery delivery was excellent. Uh, yeah, his delivery was fantastic. First episode of the year, not sauce for work. Chad Jeter breaking boundaries. He's uh, he's going to be known forever as the first ever guest of not sauce for work. There we go.
Alrighties, let's go into some rapid fire topics. Let's start off first. Barrel chested. The U.S. hockey team uh, won, by the way, won the World Juniors Championship. We didn't actually mention it specifically. And then as part of their celebration, they posed for a team picture with a garbage bin with the picture of the Hockey Canada logo on it. The American team has said that it referred to their slogan for this tournament of one barrel at a time and that they had one with every team's logo that they played throughout the entire tournament. Are we believing them? Is this just pure arrogance, chip on their shoulders? What are your thoughts? I believe I believe them. I also think it's still a shitty move to put it on the ice with the picture. But I'm I'm a purist when it comes to hockey. I listen, I know how hockey guys are. I don't think Team Canada cared about that. I think they were more they cared more about the loss. It I do think it was a dirty move to put that on the ice because it's all context, right? And they knew that people were going to get mad. They knew people were going to get it. So I don't think they give a shit. They fucking won, and they deserved it. And Team USA has been building for years, and they finally have this edge over Canada. Canada's always been best hockey country, best hockey country, best hockey country. And now, since 2010, the USA has won four gold medals. That nobody has, nobody has. They have the most in that span. So like they're they're ahead of Team Canada right now when it comes to world world junior hockey, which is the second biggest hockey tournament in the world. And uh, I don't like the move, but I appreciate how passionate they are about wanting to beat their rivals. If you know what I mean. I loved it. I know I thought you it was do. awesome. I, and then I saw Terry's text, and like, I love Terry gets so emotional when these things happen. He texts. Act like you've been there before. And I was like, yeah. is there a statement that makes someone look older and whiter than act like you've been there before? No, but like, okay, because I didn't know the context and I took it back after when I when, you know, when I heard the context. I'm like, okay. Then it takes it back a little bit. If they had one for every team, I get it. But at the end of the day, act like you've been there before. <laughs> but who cares? Honestly, don't act like you've been there before. It's a sport. It's a game. Have fun. If Canada has it's a It's not meant to be fun. Okay? Beat America. It's not meant to be fun. It's the fucking juniors. <laughs> All right, it's, next. It's, that's, that's what's most fun, Terry. That's what's supposed to be most fun. 18-year-olds don't have fun. <laughs> really? Uh, next. The internet has remained undefeated in a segment we're calling Left My Wallet in El Segura. Uh, someone took Tom Segura's video clip of him reacting to an injury and used it as a parody for his 2020 basketball injury. Uh, give me a second. I'm just going to have oh, this wait. up. If you can buy me a little bit of time so I yeah, can so just Europe, do this. Uh, he had this on his podcast in 2018. He joked about someone getting injured and he suffered. An, uh, he, he looks so old in this video. You imagine that he would have acted like he would have been there before. I have a hilarious clip. Tell me if you well, think right this under, is hilarious. Right under, we could have found the Pat I do look, It looks like I'm Tom Segura and you're Christina P, by the way. Oh no 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 no! I don't like this. I don't like it. So he broke his leg. Oh my god! I love Tom Segura. Tom Segura is one of my favorite comedians. What part is funny? The scream is funny. So he? Do you realize that he dunked right before that? No, I don't. A nine foot net, he dunked it. Yeah, they apparently were like slowly raising the rim. Yeah, like they were like dunking and like raising it till eventually they got to ten feet. Yeah, he's um, actually pretty athletic. He's a chunky guy, but he's pretty athletic. And he so he ripped his patella tendon. Yeah, and then fell on his arm. He and was in the hospital for thirty days after. Oh I my mean, god! I, 
I feel bad for Tom Segura, but it's it's great. I love. So I feel bad for Tom Segura, but more than that, Terry, I feel bad for us because we do a show where we make fun of people every week. At some point, we're gonna do something stupid. It's gonna be on the internet, and then people are gonna laugh at us because we laugh at other people. Oh no, I've done plenty of stuff that people laugh at. I know, but the, the, I laugh at you the, all the time. frequency that is getting recorded is greater and greater. You know that, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's only going to be worse for us as we move forward. All right, next. New World Fodder. Nick Saban has adapted uh, well year in, year out as a college football coach, uh, also shown by his many championships. However, interviews in an increasingly virtual world with lots of technology may have gotten the best of them, as we see in this particular clip. Said that Devante. I can't hear you. You said that they were going to. Can you hear me now? No. What? You said that they would try and take away Devante Smith. Why have they not been able to do that? <laughs> I feel so bad because it's like it's not his fault, but the fact that he puts them back on it's so old. You know, he's like, what? You know, he did the great. old man thing of like my 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 parents do some now and again when they can't hear me on the phone. They take the phone away from their ear to look at it. Yeah, and that's yeah. kind of what he did. Like, he's like, I can't hear you. Well, you, you're not going to hear better by taking it off. Fix and this. He's, he is – look, he's honestly a tremendously talented coach. He's a really smart dude. But act like you've been there before. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, Terry, like how many of these has he done by this point? Again, I, I understand. I understand it's not his fault. But his reaction is just – he finally looked his age because he looks great. He looks great for his age, just not in that moment. And next, uh, fish out of water. Shortly after uh, Jimbo Fisher's Texas A&M uh, beat the uh, North Carolina, is it Tar Heels? I don't even know. Tar Heels, uh, yeah. Yeah, 41-27. Uh, the team surrounded the coach in an attempt to honor him with a Gatorade bath. However, you have Mr. Speedy Gonzalez trying to escape from the actual thing itself and makes his way Way away from the Gatorade container. Look at that speed. That's four two oh, wow. speed right there. Just take it. No, it's like I think it's like it's the good thing to do. Is just take the shot. Yeah, he's missing him in a second man. attempt. Look, 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 look! They're chasing him. Oh, dodged. Oh, wow, he's got moves, huh? Yeah. Um, I I have a theory, Terry. I have a theory. You you can't you can't draft anyone from Texas A and M this year. You can't do it. Because if, uh, if they can't catch up to their elderly head coach, a guy whose name is Jimbo, the it's a least athletic-sounding gym name. Go Jim, go James. Jimbo, you sound like you work in a bait shop. You got outran by a guy named Jimbo Fisher. Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't drop anyone from the You sound like you went on Twitter and you listened to the president say, storm the Capitol building, and you did it. I should act like I've been there before. Exactly. And last topic for today, eBay Watch. Um, do you guys remember the SpongeBob SquarePants movie? They had a gigantic David Hasselhoff replica in it. It is currently available for auction at the low, low price, starting price of $100,000. So I'm thinking me and you, we come together, uh, we you know, work with Mike's barbecue ru- spice MTL. We put together a little bit of funds, and we're, we buy a gigantic statue. How about that? Sure, it'd be Mike's BBQ Rub MTL dot com. Hot sauce ten for ten percent off the entire site. Maybe we can when accumulate. We, when we do, 
when we do move into a new studio, we're going to need art, right? Because we're, we're an artistic venture. Uh, <laughs> I think having a life-size um, David Hasselhoff cart, I think, is the best way to describe it, uh, is the way to go. So we got we to gotta say, listen, Mike, you're going to sell, sell some more truffle mustard. We need some cash. We need to buy the Hoff. We need to buy the Hoff. Let's do it. And that's it. I'm down. I'll put it on my ceiling. Maybe rub one out every morning. Yeah. So you, you hang it upside down on the ceiling. That way you're just face-to-face with the Hoff every day. Always. You can 6 to 9 the Hoff. Do that too. <laughs> All right, boys. That was a good time. Uh, we had way more plans for today's show. Couldn't get to because we were jam-packed with content. Uh, we, we touched on a lot of stuff that was going on um, for uh, both in the world and in the world of Hot Sauce Sports. So uh, the show went on a little bit longer today than usual, but we appreciate your time. Thank you for continuing to be awesome. Um, for those who have subscribed, thank you so much. Uh, if you have not, please do so. Uh, Terry, thank you for everything you do, as well as Eagle. And as for the rest of you, thank you for letting me be myself. No, you, you can't bring that back. The hot sauce sports. Doing it. You can't Doing bring it, it back. You can't bring Doing it. it. Let's not forget, we're going to have a Patreon page soon. Stay tuned for more news. If I didn't say that, Alex the intern was going to murder us. Yeah, exactly.